when we talk about learning, you don't just acquire information and acquire knowledge and then process them into a data server and then learn from them. It doesn't work that way. Because if, if it did, then it would have been way too simple to teach things and to give people knowledge and have them use it. But it, it doesn't work like that. So many times you would receive information or get told some things, but they just don't get through to you. Even if you know them to be true, even if you understand what they mean, there's a certain barrier that makes you not live by them or have them instilled in you. So let's go with the example of a phoenix. Now, a phoenix is um, it's an ancient Greek folklore. It's a fire bird um, that goes through a cycle of uh, death and rebirth. The phoenix goes and explodes and turns to ashes and from the ashes uh, it's reborn with a bigger flame and a more powerful flame and you know it goes through that cycle I'm not sure how many times it does that but that's the way it lives it dies and it's reborn and several years ago I I've always liked the idea of a phoenix but um, I haven't thought about why exactly um, and several years ago I even were made to feel kind of ashamed of it it's like it's an embarrassing sim symbolism in a way not embarrassing but perhaps uh, not pleasant not attractive so anyway um, think of it this way um, have you ever felt like you've gone through a stage in life where who you were before it and who you are after it are two different people you might have gone through a phase where you felt like you were reborn you've been hurt so badly it almost led you to a point where you thought you are done for and then you've risen anew someone different someone new now here's where I've thought about why the Phoenix is something that's uh, perhaps more grounded in reality even though it's just uh, um, a myth so the way you learn isn't just the process of data and information no it's the neurology that's within your mind that has been leading you to live a certain way to know certain things and think that the way you are uh, conducting yourself is the way to be but then life took you sideways let's say and uh, you've gone through bad experiences you've realized that what you have known and thought to be true and right and correct 
is none of that. It's something that's bad, something that's hurting you. And uh, let's use the example of uh, being in a relationship. And let's say you got cheated on, for example. Now, the way you view the memories you have of that relationship and who you are and what you thought things to be, it's entirely different from the way you used to view them before learning this new information that all along you've been cheated on. So what happens then? The neurology within your mind, it's processing that everything you thought was right isn't anymore. Now it's acquiring new information. It needs to kill um, the old information that those things make me feel good. Those things are right. I'm doing the right thing. Those things are uh, fond memories. Those things are beautiful. No, now you're seeing them as I've been blinded all this time. I've been unaware that everything I thought is right and everything I thought I knew isn't what it used to seem to me. So what happens is those informations, that that big part of your personality, it's dying or it, it dies and then a new part of you comes and, and you're learning that isn't the way I should have behaved. I shouldn't have been so blinded. I should have learned. I should have viewed things differently. Maybe I should have acted uh, this way instead of that way. So after you go through the phase of, let's say, uh, being reborn, you realize that, you know what, I'm going to be different now in the sense that I'll be more aware. I'll be smarter. I learned that doing things that way will not work out. I have to be more, let's say, confronting instead of agreeable. Um, or maybe you think I have to not act based on my emotions. Rather, I should act based on logic and information that is in front of me. And I shouldn't be biased because I feel affection, let's say. And even in a better sense, and we're still going with this example of being cheated on, um, you would conduct yourself next time, let's say you move on, you meet someone new, you would be more confronting, more forward, forward about the things you want and the things that uh, you think about and the way you want to, um, let's say, the way you want to go through with the future of this new relationship, um, you would, let's say, you would be more aware of the things that might have in the past happened without you paying attention to them. This time around, no, you would pay attention. You would be and here's a different here's a difference between being reborn into someone better or being reborn into someone bitter so a bitter person who was dealt such a who was dealt those cards might have become suspicious they might have become someone who's not 
trusting, someone who's always accusive and always uh, on the offensive. Now, that's that's not a healthy way to conduct yourself. Um, and it's definitely not fair on anyone that you're dealing with. It's, it, it's literally carrying back a package with you. Uh, I was going to say carrying luggage, but, um, you know, you're carrying your past with you. I was hurt. I was badly treated. Now, whoever is dealing with me will have to suffer the consequences of someone else's mistakes. Now, that's a bad way to go about your own life, and it will certainly make your connections and your dealings with life, even on a personal level, even on an individual level, it will make it bad. You will not be happy. You will not be um, in a good place mentally, psychologically, maybe even, uh, definitely actually, emotionally as well. So the other way of doing it, the becoming better way of being reborn, is to learn from it, to decide that things were bad, things didn't work out, I got hurt, now I need to learn and improve myself from the knowledge that I received and from, you know, learning that I shouldn't have acted in a certain way that made me seem uh, blind or unknowing. Now I have new information. Um, the way I'm behaving, the ne neurology within your mind, let's say, is different. Now I'm reborn. And here's here's a funny thing that I used. I, I've, I've actually discussed it with um, several people, mostly females, but also males. Um, so the way getting a haircut makes you feel like you've started a new chapter in your life and the major responses i got is that yes most people who go for especially a drastic haircut not just a freshen up one so getting a haircut has this effect on them and they feel like they are starting anew they're becoming someone uh that has gone through a transition yeah that's the best way i can think of it and um so perhaps while this is maybe stretching it a bit uh perhaps that's their way of going from ashes to flames again the way the phoenix is reborn in human form is getting a drastic haircut now i'm not talking full-on shave your head and you know unless you want to do that that's up to you <laughs> but yeah so that's one thing that i i found interesting a bit is um the way people go with getting um a major look change by getting a haircut which is like the easiest thing, thing to do when it comes to changing your looks um they get this feeling that they've gone through a transition and now they are someone new, someone better, someone who has learned from what happened to them and they didn't let it drag them down. No, now they've learned and now they're ready to go be themselves again, a better version of themselves.
there's a thing about the way you act with those that you deem very special those who are let's say your chosen people now i'm not just talking about friends or close friends or even best friends it can be one of them but um, usually you might give someone a special treatment and let's say view them to be your special someone to a point that the way you behave with them is different from the way you behave with everyone else now and this has let's say baffled me for a long time um, not the act itself but the outcome from it that has baffled me most of the time those who you treat this way it's as if they didn't it's it's as if they don't choose to become like that but somehow they do they turn into people who mistreat you now and i've seen this example in several um with several people in several several different um uh, relationships and usually it happens like this you meet someone you become close friends you know each other so well and um, you know your relationship is in a sense close to perfect everything clicks everything is in sync between you two and um, let's say you're vulnerable with them not in a way that you're exposed lying on the ground vulnerable but your defenses are down you're exposed rather not just vulnerable maybe vulnerable is not the exact um, term although it fits so you're exposed to them to a point where you share everything you don't hide anything from them and none of that is a problem all of that is fine trust is a fundamental thing in relationships along with loyalty and uh, yeah loyalty uh, trust and um, what was it the other thing anyway it doesn't matter let's focus on you trust them and that's fine but here's the thing the dynamic of the relationship somehow starts to shift into you doing more and them doing less um, in a way you become pushy even though you're not pushy but um, they start to pull back and you start to push in meaning they start to distance themselves and um, become less receptive less interactive and um, even more demanding actually which is which is why i'm saying it baffles me the way those end up behaving while you let's say someone naturally collected someone who's not who wouldn't pursue someone who doesn't want them let's say that's the perfect way of saying it you would never go after someone that wants to distance themselves from you you'd be like it's fine i respect boundaries it's fine that they don't want to talk to me but then you start making sacrifices just for this 
special person for you um, because they they matter to you so much so that you would act out of character just for them and it isn't a bad act of character it's like you like them so much you maybe tell them more than you would usually tell someone you like and uh, you would be attentive of the things they like and the things they uh, dislike what's their favorite food what's their favorite kind of music what's their favorite kind of gifts and um, you know you maybe do gestures for them you I, and this is the most common thing I've noticed you would pay attention to the details of their daily life um, in a sense let's say they're, they're someone who's used to uh, wake up late in the day and go to sleep late at night you would know that they wouldn't be awake in the morning and maybe if they are awake in the morning you would notice and you'd be like something has changed you know so anyway the point is somehow they start liking you less the more you like them and the more you try to mend the relationship with them the connection you have with them the less they try to do that or rather the more they make it difficult and um, it kind of becomes like an addiction and in those many examples I've seen it has turned into an addiction and perhaps not all examples I know of have turned into addictions but the majority of them did and um, like I, I can't yet say with certainty that they all turn into a form of addiction because you try to get a response from them you 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 end up craving um, a sign of approval you start hoping they would say hey first you was you would start wishing they would say they miss you and not only say it when you say it to them and you would start wishing they pay attention to you rather than than just somehow some somewhere along the um, period of time of this friendship or relationship you would wish they would have paid attention to you the way you pay attention to to them and it turns into something where i would say you get so little out of doing so much and here's here's maybe this is the the, the other part of what baffles me their uh, disapproval comes to you so easily while their approval becomes something like a pinnacle that you cannot reach and if you reach it then wow you've done something genius for once you sorry excuse of a person i'm just kidding but somehow that's the way this dynamic of this relationship friendship whatever uh ends up being you start feeling like a sorry excuse to them you start worrying what they would think of you while you they seem like the perfect existing human being right now 
uh, during the time of the let's say if you're in the situation itself and to you anything they do is perfect anything they like is something likable anything they dislike is something dislikable now this form of connection ends up being very toxic and it ends up being an addiction you need to pull yourself out of another thing related to this topic is knowing who your friends are and knowing who are only people you are trying to get close to now maybe this person at a certain stage was your friend but right now they are just someone you want to be close to they are someone who has you know has seen you in your um, exposed state and again it's as if they didn't choose to become this way with you it's it's like they were forced into it i i cannot tell why people on the other side of this equation behave um, and it's difficult to ask someone who has been like this because they can't answer the question they would only see their own justifications of the way they behave towards someone like that someone who has become so exposed to them and they don't see that person the way that person sees them they don't see you the way you see them so i can't decide yet or acquire enough knowledge to know or understand why they act that way so anyway you have to realize that there are people who aren't your friends even if you like them so much even if you um, want to visualize an idea of friendship with them and you're the only one trying they aren't you're the only one doing the part of a friend yet they aren't doing theirs you can't be friends with someone who mistreats you even if you like them and treat them well you have to realize that a connection isn't just something only you can influence it has to be a two ways road they have to do their part and even if you do everything perfectly on your side of the road if they don't do theirs and sometimes their road is a bad one they and and i'll get to that in a minute their side of the road isn't a friend's side of the road then it cannot work you cannot make them your friends unless you want to suffer in that friendship and here's one other aspect of those relationships that um, end up being that way you find yourself unable to tell them what you tell your other friends and when i say other friends i'm talking about friends who actually are your friends people who you can share good news with and they would have be happy for you people who you wouldn't hesitate to tell them 
about what you think of, about what happened to you, about what you want to do, because you worry what they're going to say, or you know what they're going to say, actually. You know that if you tell them something that excites you, they might downplay it or act uninterested, you know? And if you tell them something that's, I wouldn't say just tragic, something that's bad, something that's hurtful, you've had an accident, you've had a bad day, you know they wouldn't give you the care you you would hope they would give you. No, you've had an accident. Uh, hope you get well soon. It's like, gee, thanks. So they wouldn't give you the kind of true friend's reaction that you wish for. So you tell them you have a new idea. You want to get into, um, let's say, a new business. You want to get to start a new job. You want to quit and go work at the thing that you enjoy doing. They wouldn't be excited for you. They would actually seem as if they wish you wouldn't try. They might even be jealous of the way you're improving. So the examples are many. And those people, at best, should be left outside of your circle. At best, they can be distant friends or acquaintances. That's, as, that's at best. But they are not your friends. And, you know, it's sad when you do your part and you want someone to be your friends, but they are not. And they don't want to be your friend. While on the other hand, those who do harbor love, affection, and care for you, those who trust you, and those who would be excited for your joy and saddened for your um, misery, those who would ask about you, and they, those who would tell you they miss you when you're gone, and they notice when something is not right. Now, those are the friends you want to keep around. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next time.